Before we get started with this week's show, just a quick announcement. Yellow Card has partnered with Away Days Football, which makes original and high-quality football-inspired clothing for the casual looking for something to wear to matches. Use the code YELLOWCARD at checkout to get 15% off your entire order at awaydaysfootball.com. And on a personal note, if you haven't tried the mystery kit yet, um, you should. You won't be disappointed. So uh, go to awaydaysfootball.com, use checkout code YELLOWCARD, and get 15% off your entire order. All right, thanks for listening. And now, here's the show. You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Big bash shot. Oh my word. It's unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to episode 157 of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SOC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markstone. I am the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And there's really no reason you shouldn't be because Saints have... I don't want to know. Maybe they redeemed themselves a little bit. Maybe they weren't worried about it at all, although it seems that Ralph may have actually forced them to watch portions of the 9-0. Um, but whatever it was, that performance on Saturday, the performance uh, performances over the last 10 match weeks have been absolutely fantastic. Third best team uh, in the league since match week 13. So it's just coming out of the last international break to now. Um, only Manchester City and Liverpool. Um, more points from that run. I think we will take that. I think the the football we are playing is fantastic. I think Ralph and the players both deserve um, a lot of credit for what they have done. And episode 157 marks the beginning, the first episode of year four of the show. So it's been three complete years, not seasons, but three complete years for me doing the show. And in the football I'm watching now is much different than anything that I have seen in my time actually doing the show. I did watch under Pochettino and under Kuman, and things were great. I really enjoyed a lot of what I saw. Um, but since I've been covering the show uh, or been covering the team or doing the podcast, I don't know which one of those is the best uh, descriptor of that. But um, it's been three entire years worth of episodes, 156 straight weeks of of recording and writing. And for the most part, they've been rewarding and fulfilling, and I've grown a lot as a person and and maybe as a, as a host or whatever, but that's not even really what I'm focused on. Throughout most of that time, the matches and the results haven't always been what me or you or most fans would have wanted. And it's weird to say, but most of the time that I've been doing the podcast, um, people, guests, myself, we've been basically unhappy with how things have gone. We've talked at length about poor performances, about slow football, about um, players looking to move elsewhere, about mismanagement at the board level and the transfer window and non-existent investment from owners uh, and things like that. 
and it hasn't always been fun to do the show each and every week. And, and to be fair, not every episode has been great. And I've had to learn how to live with that a little bit as a, as a person, as a, as a host, as somebody who looks and wants to put something good out each and every week. Um, really, I think I've learned over the last four years that what you really want, what listeners really want is sure the show has to be tolerable to listen to, but mostly you want to hear people talk about the team in in a real way, not some kind of superficial, um, you know, kind of pretend way. We don't want to gloss over it and bring up uh, results from other teams. We want to focus on our team and, and you want to hear different voices. And I hope that that has come through the show uh, over the last three or four years. And I just want to take a second before we jump into this week's show with Jay Grant. And Jay is here because, um, one, he's a friend of mine. Two, he runs the Southampton page, and you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, I owe a lot of thanks to Jay for helping grow the show uh, via social media and other, other things. But um, he'll be here to talk about the result. And, and he took Lester, much to his credit, uh, right after we lost uh, to Lester last time. He, he kind of got out and messaged me and said, I'll take the next Lester match. Um, and whether he was doing that to prevent me from having to find somebody to talk about what could have been a nine nil defeat again, um, or, or whatever, um, I thank him for that. It just so happens that it is uh, the start of, uh, of year four. So, uh, thanks to Jay. But, uh, before we jump into that, I just wanted to take a second to say this year, year three saw over half of the downloads the show has ever gotten happen during that time. So the show is continuing to grow, uh, and that, but the numbers are not necessarily, like I said, all that important. There are a lot of other things I appreciate much more about the show than just uh, the numbers that are showing up. But um, the, just the sheer number of people who who write in each week, who message on Twitter and Instagram, uh, or who email or who leave comments on the website, uh, or who subscribe to the newsletter and, and get back to me that way. Um, I just want to say thank you for all of that, because it is something that I really appreciate. And I will tell you that I try very hard to respond to all of them. I want them to be authentic answers. I don't just want to um, just say, you know, hello or hi or uh, anything like that. And so sometimes it takes a while. And then sometimes I get kind of discouraged because I can't get back to them all. And I just wanted to say, uh, I'm sorry for that. I don't, I don't know how to solve that problem because there is this you know, real life thing that happens outside of the podcast. And I think for most of this three years, I have focused probably solely too much and I've tried to pull back uh, over the last kind of six months uh, of the show and try to focus on on my family more uh, and my job more. And I think those are all kind of things. We all go through things where we cycle in and out of things, but um, I look forward to doing this show um, most weeks. And and sometimes uh, I don't want to do it all. And I think I've said that before on the show, but um, it, it I think the the anniversary of the starting of this is a time for me to, to be able to reflect on that. And hopefully uh, that makes sense to everybody out there. But um, I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, this year, for the first time ever, uh, the show actually got on to the soccer, and I know I said soccer, uh, but the American soccer podcasting charts. Um, it got on to the England, uh, UK footballing and soccer charts uh, on iTunes, and that's thanks to you. I didn't do that. That's thanks to everybody who's out there listening and uh, who leaves reviews and other things like that. So I appreciate um, you all very much for for helping the, that to happen because that's something for for a a show that's about Southampton that is not a Man United or an Arsenal or uh, a Chelsea or any of these other kind of what quote unquote larger teams they're not the teams you see uh kind of 
uh, on the NBC sports coverage here all the time there that the fact that that show that our show that this show um, is, is making it onto those things and making an impact and and forcing people to look at it and potentially listen uh, is down to you so I wanted to say uh, thank you to you because now, although I do put a lot of hard work in it um, all of these guests that come on the show really give their hard work uh, and their time and I appreciate that um, and your questions and your interactions and everything else they also help so uh, more than anything, this is a thank you to you, um, and it's it's great to be able to start year four with uh, some positive football, uh, a good time uh, to be had by all, hopefully. Um, and that said, Jay and I will try to get through this episode. Um, my back went out over the weekend, and I could not, I was having a really hard time recording. So um, I was having a hard time paying attention, basically, because I kept, kept thinking about uh, what kind of pain I was in and I couldn't sit down. And so uh, if it's a bit messy, I think I cleaned up the audio, but if it's a bit messy, I apologize. But anyway, we are winning, so it doesn't matter. Uh, we'll get through it uh, just the best that we can. So here we go with episode 157, uh, the start of year four. Um, my wife hasn't said I have to stop yet. Uh, my daughter is now subscribed. I don't know if that's good or bad, but anyway, uh, here we go. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your time. We'll talk to you on the other side. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, the man behind the scenes at the Southampton page, Jay Grant, partner of the show. Welcome back. And uh, finally, a win to discuss. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me back. Still can't get over it now. The emotions are still quite good, but another happy weekend for Southampton fans. We've been playing so well over recent weeks and um, getting the results that, that the team needed and maybe the results that we didn't expect. But I don't think either one of us would have thought going into Leicester, given the the, the scoreline last time, um, that we would have we would have put in the re- the performance we did yesterday and, and come away with the result that we did. Yeah, so I was looking for a reaction from the team, and they gave us exactly that after the result back in October. We were all quite down in the dumps, and if anyone would have told me from that point to now we'd be sitting here quite happy with ourselves, I would have laughed, to be honest. Yeah, um, just. The result last time was, you know, as low as it could get. It was a, it was a horrible feeling. It was, you know, I don't think any of us felt very good about the team after that. Um, you know, and there were, were, there were people thinking that Ralph was going to go as a result. And it's hard to, you know, it's hard to imagine what the team would look like had, had Ralph actually been sacked in that, in that instance. And you think now uh, how far the team has come. Yeah, you know, my only real question is, you know, what took so long? Like, why? What? What? What about that time around the team? Because we still had some some poor performances after that. Um, you think about Everton, you think about West Ham, maybe. But you know, just what what took so long for everything to click for the team um, heading into that? But um, before before we get into to, to more of this, because we have because we have questions to answer from listeners and everything else. But, but let's just introduce the the Southampton page real quick for those of listeners who may be new to the show. Uh, maybe don't know. So you can find you uh, kind of behind the scenes and, and a couple of other guys that, that help out on the thing. But what is the Southampton page? What will people find if they show up, even though I say it each and every week uh, coming from you, maybe it sounds a little bit different. Um, yeah. Well, basically we just do transfer news. Uh, we cover the games and our main, I mean, our main source has always been Instagram, like I've said on previous occasions, but yeah, we just, basically really just keep everyone updated we try and 
be as biased as possible because that's what Southampton page does. And yeah, and we've got a few of us that try and keep up daily. And we've just gone past the 3K mark on Twitter last week. So yeah, everything's going in the right direction, a bit like the team. So win-win each way, I'd say. Yeah, and you can find them on Twitter and on Instagram. You're also on Facebook as well. And, and Instagram has has the biggest following. Um, and, and you're basically posting on there multiple times a day keeping people up to date with everything. It's, it's a, it, it, what I always think of is it's something to keep me up to date with, with the team between, you know, doing the podcast. It's how I kind of, you know, make sure I have a pulse on the team without having to go search through, uh, you know, a thousand different pages or read every single article that gets published because, um, let's face it. Most people don't have time for that. No, no, that's what I mean. And we've, obviously there is, as you said, quite a lot of pages about, and, and we appreciate all the different pages and I don't really get into some get into arguments but no I'm just uh happy that we that I've got a decent following and also I'm glad that we've got you as a partner as well because obviously we work quite well together anyway so that's good yeah uh, it's it's truly enjoyable to to be uh, partnered with you and to to work with you and uh I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for for anything and congratulations on on heading past the 3k mark on on Twitter that is a you know more followers means more interaction and uh, you know, more different opinions being voiced in the comments and things, which I think are always good. So, um, yeah, but you're kind of jumping forward to the game a little bit coming into, um, you know, the match we, we mentioned, you know, maybe we weren't thinking, uh, of, you know, really maybe getting a win. Leicester haven't been in the best form of lately, but they still are, uh, near the top of the table. They still are, uh, you know, if anybody, they're not, they're not troubling Liverpool really, but nobody really is. And they look, kind of locked on at this point to, to wind up in the Champions League places and, 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 and play European football next season. Um, and they can be relentless when they attack. They can carve teams open. They can give us trouble. And um, I guess looking at the lineup heading into it, um, you know, were you surprised that we, we chose to go with the same team or, you know, Ralph has made this, this kind of consistent selection uh, week in, week out, um, may, maybe one or two changes, but for the most part, it's been it's been you know kind of the same players. And um, do, were you surprised at all that we chose to go with that, uh, or was it what you expected given that that we've kind of made the selection uh, at each almost each and every week? Yeah, no, I was quite happy with that team when I saw it out yesterday. It, I was quite pleased, and it actually gave me a bit of confidence that we could um, maybe get a result. Um, yeah, because the team, it seems to me. Everyone used to say that Ralph never knew his his uh, perfect team, but I think now we're starting to see the team that Ralph trusts. He's got the same players playing week in, week out. He's got a partnership at the back that he's happy with. Um, obviously, he's sorted out now the goalkeeper situation because he was changing between Gunn and McCarthy. McCarthy's now seems to be staying in goal. Obviously, we've got Ings up front. The midfield's settled. So it seems like Ralph's finally seen a team that we can be proud of and it's working. Because as you've seen by the results in the last few games, it's we're winning games, we're looking more better, so why change it? Yeah, I, I don't think we can we can complain at all about, about what we've seen recently. And, and going back, um, you know, Carl Anker wrote an article this week uh, that the Leicester City result hasn't, we didn't see the change necessarily directly following that result. It took a little while to get to what we needed. And I think it goes back to uh, the last international break is really when we, when we came out of that, that's when we saw the biggest change in the team because we went into that international break. We had Everton there. 
um, that wasn't a great performance, but we came back for Arsenal. So since week 13, um, we are the second best team in the league behind only Liverpool uh, in terms of the points we've picked up. We have a game in hand over Man City, uh, so they could uh, overtake us there. But um, I mean, the team has been playing just lights out football for, for a while now. And we've, we've squeaked by a couple results, I think, but I think for the most part, we really, um, we really played a, a consistent style in a consistent manner. And we, we have forced teams to, to adapt to us. And if they haven't, then we've beaten them. And I think that's, that, that, that's hats off to Ralph for, um, for making that consistent selection and going with, uh, the team. And he said, when he got here, he want he likes a small squad. He doesn't like to, to have this, this big kind of group of players. And, you know, you feel for some of the guys who are left out of the team who are now going to have to find places to go play because we have all of these extra players, but that's the way it is. We're, we're going to, we're going to do this. And, um, I think my, my, the biggest, uh, what I guess what I'm most uh, impressed by is the fact that guys like James Ward-Prowse can run and play every single minute of the Premier League season, um, play in the cup games, do all of these things, and still look uh, as fresh as he does and still play kind of as well as he does because I think his, that, that movement next to, to Hoiberg uh, in the formation for him has been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, James Ward-Prowse is another one that's been so hot and cold, but he is, I, I think Ralph used the words... Um, in his latest or a couple of interviews back, he he is a machine. He, I mean, I've given I've given him um, some negative stuff lately, and I and he's made me look stupid again because he keeps. He, I need to realise he is just different. He's a different player. He can. This is why Ralph uses him because he knows that, as you've said, with him doing the cups and the Premier League, he can handle the ninety minutes. He go off the pitch probably and do another 90 minutes an hour later. That's how much of a hard worker he has become under Ralph. Yeah. Well, and I think I read something about him where he doesn't go out. He doesn't do, you know, he, he's not seen out and about. He kind of works out. Um, he does, he puts in the extra work on, on the pitch and in the gym and then he goes home. And that, and that, I think that, that helps a lot. He's not one of these guys you're going to catch out on the town. And uh, you know, now that you can't do that, but um, I think sometimes it, it shows up. Uh, in instances like this, I think he was the only player for us um, to have played every minute of the Premier League season uh, this year. He's the only player on the in, in the entire squad to do that, and I think that says something playing in that role where he's basically up and down the pitch um, every single match. So uh, as long as as he avoids yellow card suspension or anything like that, I think he'll be in there uh, kind of week in week out. I wouldn't expect him to to move anywhere else. But um, you know, in, in terms of the lineup, Long comes in uh, and for Janapo. And, you know, the bench looks, um, you know, we got, we got a lot of attacking options on the bench. If you look, we only have one center back on the bench. Um, we only have uh, one kind of holding midfielder. And then after that, it's all attackers, which is different because for a while, uh, Vestergaard and, and Yoshida were both making the bench. And I think that that shows again, like we have this attacking talent. We are, you know, maybe a little bit top heavy, but we're going to I think that signals to, to the, to the team that the, this type of game we're going to play. We're not going to um, sit back and, and, you know, hope to just hold Lester off. We, there was a, there is a definite idea that we were going to go out and, and play our game and press them and, and make them work. And it almost, it almost bit us on on that free kick, but uh, we'll get into that in just, just a second. I fully agree with that. And as you said, with the options on the bench, I mean, a lot of people mentioning that fact that we had Janet Pro, Bufel, Offafemi, I might be wrong. Yeah. Offafemi, Adams, who come on to assist things. Um, 
and and it makes the bench and it's good to have finally see that we've got options because everyone used to say oh who have we got on the bench that can come off and help us do anything but now he's got that base I mean like you said they're not necessarily starting games like I'm sure Janet Pro would like to play more Boothell Adams would like to play more but then when they come off the bench it gives them something to prove to the manager while like, and I said Adam's done the assist he proved something Janet Pro come on and used his pace so, I mean, so it's good. I think it's a good thing all round competition helps as well. And, and I think the add in kind of competition for those places really is, is, is starting to show. Everybody needs to show what they can do when they come on because they only get so many chances uh, to break into that starting lineup. It seems like there's only the one place that's really up for grabs at this moment. Uh, it could be Armstrong, who's been playing really well. It could be Janapo, it could be Buffal. But whoever comes into that afterwards um, has the kind of added, added kind of benefit of of having, you know, fresh legs versus a tired defense and um, coming in and being able to do that. And you saw yesterday where I think Obafemi was due to come in uh, to the game until the last second. They chose to bring Adams on, who used his strength and um, played a little one-two with Redmond and played the ball through for Ings for the winner. So um, he's not scoring yet, but he is. he did set up the, the, the goal. And I think that is something that you know, maybe maybe that doesn't happen if you if you bring him with Femi in, but you have the the options to to have Adams come in instead, and and that's what happens, and and that's nothing against Obafemi. They're just different players, and Ralph made the right substitutions, and I think that's um you know all we can ask for. Yeah, and uh, and that and Adams needs that confidence booster anyway, because yes, still no goal for him, and it's quite sad really because I'd love to see him put the ball in the net rather soon than later, but. Uh, he, uh, but it's an option. I said, Opa Femi, I like him though because he's got that pace element about him. But when you look at a decision in a game, you think, right, who's going to come on and do what you need? And Ralph took the decision for Adams, and it paid, and it got us the winner because he lost the assisted things, and he got the winner. So it was a good sub. Yeah. So let's let's start back at the beginning just a little bit. Um, I think we started the game really well. It, the, the ball was bouncing around a little bit, similar to how Saints matches have started recently, where um, the ball is kind of, we're not allowing Leicester to settle. They're not really allowing us to, to press. The ball is kind of pinging around the area. But um, once, once the ball did kind of get settled on the ground, I think it was us who was attacking most, most often. And they were almost playing on the counter at home, which I thought um, is dangerous given Vardy's pace. But uh, we, were, we were not afraid to to go and press them and attack them. And I think that is uh, absolutely what we, what we should have done. It's the, the style of play finally that we can identify with the team, which is something that we didn't see for almost several seasons where there was no kind of recognized um, style of, of play from the team. And now we're doing that and not, you know, now that you don't, not that you're not aware of what the other teams can do, but you don't necessarily have to full scale change your, your plan uh, because you're coming up against a team who's who's higher up in the table or whatever, um, and you just you just force them to adapt. And unfortunately for us, we didn't get the goal. I think you know we could have been up really really early with Ings, and you would expect him to put that chance away. Um, he doesn't, and and then very shortly after that, Lester kind of out of nowhere come up with a goal from a free kick. I mean, I was devastated at that point when they uh, went ahead of ahead of us. Um... But no, I always I always thought from the beginning that we had had the uh, because of how we started the game, as you said, with the pressing and all that sort of stuff. I had the feeling that we could get something from the game. Leicester didn't see themselves yesterday. I wasn't sure what it was. I wasn't sure if it was because they because of how hard, obviously they've been quite as we know they're second in the league and they've been quite 
competitive. I just wonder if the season's starting to take its toll slightly on them, but we seem to never give up even when Leicester did score. Yeah, and, and I, I say, you know, through the first 14 minutes, I think we were the better team, or 15 minutes, whatever it was. I'd say we were the better team. Um, the Maybe we, we fell asleep for a second on that free kick where Perez, I think, takes it uh, very, very quickly. Uh, smart for him. Vardy makes a good run. He was, he was onside. And at that point, was there any kind of going down 1-0 to Leicester in that manner? Were you at all worried that, that this might mean trouble for the team? Or, or what, were you, what were you kind of feeling at that point? Well... Uh, see, because there's a slight confidence to come back into us. I was, I mean, I worried if Leicester went ahead, obviously all the, everyone was going, oh, I wonder how, like BBC made a joke. Obviously we went 1-0 down and went, oh, here we go, sort of thing, and all that sort of rubbish. But, but no, I did, I thought that we could possibly, because of the way we were playing, I thought it was unlucky, really, because I think that was, I might be wrong, obviously I can be quite on this, but I think that was Leicester's first attack. I'm sure it was. And, um, and they managed to get a goal from that. And I thought, oh, I hope we can sort of recover from this. But it, seemed, it reminded me similar of going back a little bit to the Watford game. You know, when we went 1-0 down in that, and everyone was like, oh, are we going to recover from this? But we seem to now have that. If we go 1-0 down, we, we've we got the, I can't think of the actual the, the right word, but we have the ment- that's it, mentality to be able to come back into games. So I think now with this new mindset we've got, if we do go 1-0, down to a team we've still got that level where we can still try and get back into it not soon after like we did with our obviously Armstrong getting the goal what deflected goal whatever you want to say but yeah his goal yeah and and and, and you know the goal that the Leicester score it, it it is typical Leicester City it's a quick break Vardy put a, a fantastic cross you know across the box and um, they were able to to slot it home but yes that was their first was their first shot uh, of the match for them to come in and score on that. And it's, it's unlucky a little bit for us, but at the same time, it, it made us kind of, um, we had to make a decision. Do we just continue to play the way we were playing? Cause we were dominating the game and that is unlucky. Or do we, do we kind of continue to, or do we change and kind of all of a sudden kind of, I, I guess, clam up a little bit and, and start to, to be somewhat scared of Lester because of last time. And I think we made the absolute right decision. Uh, and it's easy to say that as somebody who's watching the game saying, Hey, don't sit back, don't do this. Don't worry. But it's much harder when you're actually playing the game because that that nine nil is going to be in your head. I don't care kind of, you know, what you say. You can try to put it out of it all you can, but that's going to be something that's on the mind of the players because, um, as Lester reminded them, they were playing the highlights of the match. Uh, you know, while while the Saint, while Saints were warming up. Yeah, and I think actually, I know it's going to sound quite weird. We saying this was probably the best decision they made because that probably put more fuel in the fire of the players when uh, warming up and it's like I guess it was getting played while they were warming up going back in the dressing room going right they're mocking us on the screen let's go out there and show them what for and they did exactly that so in a sense Leicester ruined their own game I think by doing that <laughs> yeah absolutely um so w- we got level uh, fairly soon after that through through Armstrong as you mentioned but uh it, it was a good move from Saints it was kind of uh, good moving the ball around the box. Armstrong makes a, a move to step inside, and um, his shot is is massively deflected. It's it comes off of Madison, who turns his back. Anyway, uh, we get level, and I think it was deserved. And I think we, I'd say that that once 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 we went level, any worry that I had uh, went away because we were we we were just playing like a team that wasn't going to lose the match. We we may have drawn the match. We may have gotten unlucky. We we'll, we have plenty of our decisions to talk about. 
Um, but the way we were playing, I couldn't be happier with, with how the team was, was going about their business. Yeah, I, it was, like I said, from the beginning of the game, you had that sense of we were actually up for it. Um, the score, like I said, the score line was obviously ended 2-1, but we could have ended up with four or five. I know obviously out of the score line would have looked so much better. I mean, I'm happy to see one, whatever. But like I said, with the chances we had, I mean, the Ings hit the bar, I think, twice. There was other chances around. And we just seemed really motivated and up for it. And it was just it was just a, such a change, as you mentioned before, from previous, where we looked lost and we didn't... Everyone was worried about relegation. And now, now we're level on points of Arsenal and we're looking up now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, we had several chances uh, to, to go up and Ings had several chances. And if anybody was going to have the chances uh, to, 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 to get goals, you would have said you want him to fall to Ings because he has scored more than 50% of all the goals for the team coming into the match. Um, and, you know, he missed that, that chance early on. He had his, his, his chance blocked with, with, uh, by Schmeichel. Um, he hit the post several times. Um, it just seemed like maybe today wasn't going to be his day, but it very easily could have been, um, you know, four, four, one or so, but, um, on, on the basis of play and, and looking at the XG and everything two one is about fair. Um, even though I think we played much, much better than they did. And, and people will say, you know, Lester weren't up for it. They didn't, they didn't play a great game. I, I think at this point, you can't just say that teams aren't playing well against us. I think you have to say that we are forcing them to play that way because it's, it's now gone on since basically, you know, week 13, we're looking at 10 premier league match days now where we have uh, for the most part played our game and, and gotten the results as a result of that. And it's not just that everybody's had a bad day at the office against us. I think we have forced teams to play that way. And I think, I think the team and Ralph uh, and the players all deserve an immense amount of credit for that. Well, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, from the Chelsea on Boxing Day, we fully deserve that result. Tottenham, um, we, we could have won at the Emirates. Um, I said beating Leicester. We've had so many games where everyone was like, oh, I ain't going to do anything there. I ain't going to do anything there. And we've proved everyone. And, and that's the thing. That's why these programs, like we, we have matches a day and stuff like that. And and you always find they say, oh, top, like when we lost, I sorry, beat Tottenham, they were like, yeah, Tottenham had a bad day. But it's always the other team have had a bad day. We don't seem to get enough credit. And it's because of the, I don't like to use the word, but it's because of the big club bias. I know it's a saying that everyone uses, but it, that's what it feels like. It's like, so Hamilton have beaten us. Like, what's happened with the other team to, to make this happen? It's not ever, well done, Southampton. They were, the other team were rubbish. That's, it never, that mentality never seems to be the case, even though we all know that. Yeah, and, and maybe we're, maybe I'm being biased towards Southampton at this point because, uh... You know, that's the I'm, I'm watching them week in, week out. But maybe that that narrative comes from how poor the team were um, coming in to, at the beginning of the season. And, and, you know, you look at the the way we played, how poor we were. Um, maybe it's just hard for people to understand that, like, look, the team has gotten a lot better. Ralph has done a good job and we've we've kind of cut some of the, the people from the squad. Essentially, Vestergaard isn't isn't getting a look in at this point. Um, there are there are other than the cup game, which I won't take away from him, but. It uh, doesn't look like he's he he has a place in the Premier League team at this point. And you know, with that said, you know, I think Ralph, like we like we said, Ralph deserves that credit. And and if other teams don't want to talk about it, and other people don't want to give us the credit that we deserve, like maybe that's fine. We'll just continue to play this game, and they'll have to 
um, they'll have to eventually kind of recognize that, hey, um, Southampton are, 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 are a decent side and, and, and they're going to have to change the way they play when they, when they come to us. But um, uh, I just wanted to point out a couple of things is, is Armstrong's inclusion in the squad, I think was, was important yesterday. He, uh, of course, gets the goal, uh, the deflected goal at the beginning to, to level the score. Uh, and he creates a couple of chances by making tackles on people. Uh, I think he made a tackle on Madison to, to give Ings a chance near the end of the first half. Um, and I just think that, that his performance yesterday, again, um, maybe goes under the radar a little bit, but deserves, deserves some credit uh, for, for what he did yesterday. Yeah, I mean, Armstrong, I, he's one of my favorite players along with Ings. He's... He's one of them players where when he first dropped Arsenal, I know a lot of people say about the Scottish League, but Celtic fans absolutely loved him and were gutted when he went because he was one of their main people in the midfield. And when he joined us here, he didn't get he didn't get off to the best of starts. He, he, he started for a little bit and then dropped out. But now for me, he's one of them in the midfield that you just don't want to drop. And he's got that work rate. Okay, he doesn't score a lot of goals, but that's not his... Mantra, and but he is, like I said, a very, and he's one, he's one of them, he's a very underrated player, I think, as well, because a lot of people don't seem to give him enough credit. But then again, they do say if you give a player a lot of credit, they'll be linked with a move by the end of the season. So maybe we can just praise him and keep it like that. And I, I will say that I, I think he, he deserves the place that he's earned in the team at this point, and the role he's playing is probably about. Uh, suited for him he maybe doesn't need to start each and every week um, but he is definitely putting in the running and putting in the tackles and doing everything that Ralph is asking he's not as fancy as Buffal or Janepo he doesn't maybe bring that flair but um, he can still play passes uh, at key times he can still um, you know score goals when when needed and provide assists so I think he's 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 doing all of those things that we want him to do both on and off the ball um, I could not be happier with him but um, it just my kind of assessment of the first half was, uh, of course, I, I think we, we were the better team. I think we created better chances. I think that um, at that point, we, the reaction the team showed when going 1-0 down was, was, was super impressive. I think Armstrong's performance was impressive. And I think there's the composure that Saints showed. They didn't, they didn't panic. They didn't kind of uh, you know, decide they needed to, to change the game plan. They just stuck to it. Um, they looked confident on the ball. And, you know, we eventually got back into it and we were we were forcing Lester to 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 kind of scramble a little bit, which I thought was was fantastic. And going into halftime. We, you know, Lester outpossessed us a little bit, but uh, we had 11 shots to their two. We had six shots on target to their two. We were creating enough chances. We just hadn't gotten the ball in the net. And I think there's, you know, there's always a little bit of worry with saints where if they don't get the ball in the net, then are they going to fall off and, and stop? But really, I mean, I felt like we, we, we had it all to, to, to win. And we were going to just, if we came out and did that, you know, Lester were probably going to be better in the second half. But if we continued to play the way we were, I, I was pretty confident that we were going to get some sort of result from the team or from the game. And in fact, to be fair to Lester, I saw a couple of interviews after they said they didn't deserve to win. And, the, and even the Leicester fans said, they were glad that their goal right at the end got ruled out because they felt they didn't deserve anything. So it showed that we yesterday was the result that we deserved. People will try and take it away and say it was a Leicester crisis and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, we deserved the win. And that's and I think that's right. And Leicester, I said Leicester agreed with it. Rogers said that we deserved the win. The player said it. So 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd say that the I, I'd say the only thing that we maybe need to worry about is is taking the chances that we did create because we did allow Lester the opportunity to have one of their goals stand and then therefore take take points away from us, even though we were by far the better team. Um, I mean, even the Leicester fans are saying it, Leicester players are saying it, everybody knows well, watching that game yesterday that we were the better team. Um, but all it was going to take was one VAR decision, uh, you know, or one slip up from our defense and we would have been um, punished for it. And and that is the worry because these points are so crucial and critical. And if we're going to move up the table or just stave off relegation, whatever it is, you know, every point is going to matter in this season. And, and uh, I think for Saints, not putting games completely out of reach sometimes is a little bit worrying, but um, based on the the performance yesterday, I can't I can't really complain all that much. No, no, I don't think anyone will complain. And it was nice to see fans enjoying. So, and also, we know a few people that went yesterday as well. And they were very happy with it. And let's just hope that continue into Wolves next week. So, getting into the second half a little bit, uh, the team had a couple of chances. We, I would have expected Leicester to come out and be a slightly better in the second half. Uh, you know, you would have expected Rogers to do something to, to kind of, um, you know, uh, readjust or, or adjust and, and, and get them refocused on, on what was happening. Um, but we have a couple of, of decisions where VAR has gone our way largely for large portions of the season. Uh, we've been one of those teams where every time VAR, you know, I think our fan, our way fans sing like VAR is one of our own because we seem to get, those calls, but um, McCarthy came up pretty uh, big with a couple of saves yesterday. One from a corner before Long, who gets through, gets brought down, earns the penalty, and then VAR takes it away. And that was one of those things where we're we're all looking at it, going like, you know, VAR don't do this to us. Um, but he was offside. No, no spot kick. No chance for us to go uh, up at that point. Um, but you know, when VAR starts to go against you, were you at all? kind of worried. And, and I guess the real question, and I don't really want to address it because I feel like it's going to be addressed everywhere by everyone is, is, you know, does the rule need to be changed or is VAR good for football? But, um, you know, technically he is offside. Um, it just, it, it is pretty uh, awful that it has to happen in that manner. And I, I feel for everybody who's in the stadium because they don't get the, the same opportunity that I do sitting at home watching the, the television where they put the lines up and it's, you know, you can see it's it's millimeters offside, but it's it's offside nonetheless. And um, so whatever. If you want to weigh in on VAR, great. If you just want to skip it, um, also great because I think I think it's going to be covered elsewhere. Um. Well, I'm just I must admit, VAR just confuses me because I looked at it yesterday and I was trying to work out what actually was putting him offside. And I like I've loved it yesterday and I hated it yesterday because I it's so it's such a mixed thing for me. But it was just the I'm just confused because when I looked at it, I saw someone said I, I don't know who it was. It was um, someone put a picture up. I can't remember who. And long to me looked like his arm was just a little bit more. And it's, it's just that small margin. But I don't think what it is. I don't think it's the VAR that's the problem. I think it's the rules rather than the VAR. Do you get what I'm saying? Like the yeah. rules of everything. And I, I just I just don't understand it sometimes. And someone needs to make it clear about these decisions because some of them are just absolutely terrible. And and in the end, people will hate the game. Sorry, not hate the game, hate hate how it runs. So, I mean, some people love it, some people hate it. We loved it and hated it in the same game. So it, it, it becomes very decisive. It's just how it needs to be used and, and it needs to be more clear why these decisions are happening. 
Yeah, and, and I think that needs to be, they need to figure out how to communicate that to the fans that are in the stadium because that is really the, that the these are the people who are missing out the most in, in terms of, of what's happening on the pitch. And um, it, it's great for the TV viewer for me. And, um, and, I, and I put in my notes yesterday and, and you know, that I don't, I don't necessarily think that even though technically Long is offside there, that those kind of, you know, millimeter type decisions need to be, to be overturned or used. But um, that, you know, for, for the most part, VAR has been on our side this season. It, it really is unfortunate though, when uh, a call like that, that is, that can be so decisive, it's a penalty, you know, you're looking uh, at almost surely going up or getting a goal uh, under that, in that situation. Plus um, the opposition defender is going to get booked for, for, for the challenge. So you have a lot of things that are going in your favor there. And for that to be turned o- overturned um, by, you know, millimeters is is really unfortunate. And what happens is that that presents you with a situation where you could actually lose uh, momentum. You could you could start to stagnate. You could you know maybe um, you, you could see Saints even conceding a goal in in the moments after that because uh, of the momentum that they lost from a from a decision where if if he's just called offside to to begin with, then it, then nobody's going to complain. Nobody's going to. They'll say it's close or whatever, but if the linesman sees it that way, they see it that way. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not the rule now. That's not how things that that that's not how things play. So we we can't really do anything about it. But it it is kind of sometimes unnecessary in terms of of what we're what we're seeing and in kind of the things that are the things that are happening on the pitch. And it, it is frustrating sometimes. I think I think for fans and I maybe I understand a little bit more of what other fans go through now because uh, you know we've been on the right side of it for so long. Yeah, and the other thing as well about it is. Is uh, I think James Will Prowse said it, or someone said it. Um, players now have to adjust celebrations. I mean, it was actually Ward Prowse said during the fans forum because if if a player, obviously, like you said, with the decisions and how long they take, if someone scores, you're stood there for five seconds. But then people are saying, well, "Why aren't you celebrating?" And then you're doing a celebration after. So it's all the time around it as well because players don't know whether if you celebrate and it's not a goal, you thought, well, "Why are you celebrating for?" But then if you're stood there and we're saying, well, we should have been celebrating because it was going to be a goal anyway. So now, now players have to adjust how to celebrate because I think an hour in a minute it needs to be checked first and you're waiting and waiting. Like, decisions can take up to five minutes. So you can all be stood there and then was like, right, is it a goal? Is it a goal? And then like, goal. And then you're celebrating. But then you thought, well, the moment would happen like five minutes ago. So you've lost that momentum of celebrating what's happened. Yeah, and, and, and you know, in yesterday's game, we did kind of see that happen where the goal is ruled out. Um, Lester make a substitution and immediately Lester go down the other end and slide the ball in the back of the net. But then that goal is ruled out um, because I think Ian Acho was offside. And, and we saw this kind of go from Varchak to Varchak and that, that, that moment in the game, that was probably the only time in the game other than maybe when Lester scored for, first of all, that I really was worried that, that this could go, you know the, the the fact that it could come down to something so tight as a as a millimeter offside or so, uh, or, or a very tight margin or marginally offside, um, that was that was a little bit worrying because um, Leicester were still hanging around even though I don't think they deserve to be in the game uh, that much. So um, it, it it's it's always worrying when that thing when those things start to happen. But moving on to to kind of later in the match, um, we make some substitutions. Um, we see Adams come in for long. We see Armstrong make way for Janepo. And I think if you, if you take time to look at, at what Adams did for that goal, I think uh, he set it up 
brilliantly, the, the one, two with Redmond, uh, and then playing the ball through for Ings, who, who did what he has done for so long, what he was unable to do earlier in the match, which is beat Casper Schmeichel uh, and, and give us the goal. And at that point, um, I thought it was well-deserved and I was happy for, obviously for, for the goal, but because we had had so many to kind of those decisions kind of go against us, we'd hit the bar and so forth that to get the goal and to put us up to one, I thought that was going to be, uh, I thought that was what we deserved. Yeah. And uh, obviously Danny Ings, as we know, uh, future Ballon d'Or winner. I've, I've been told how to get that in there somewhere. So Obviously, you've seen the hashtag, Matt. So I yeah. thought Ings for Ballon d'Or is needing to happen maybe next year. He missed it this year, but yeah, he needs to get it at some point. So yeah, I had to get that bit in there. So sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no worries. Um, I, I think if Ings would have been able to make it 3-1 just moments later, uh, when Redmond was able to square the ball to him, I thought maybe he would have a real shot, but he's going to have to put away more more than that. If he would have gotten three or four or five in the game, uh, that would have been that would have been fantastic. But um, McCarthy came up big uh, again late on. Lester did come forward and try to, uh, you know, uh, get something from from the match. Uh, McCarthy came up with a, with a big save for me and Ancho. Um, and I don't know. I thought that once again, that, you know, we're doing the things that we have to do. You would have expected us to concede a goal in that manner uh, earlier in the season. But we were able to uh, to, to withstand that. Um and then I think finally, you know, heading into uh, near stoppage time into the 89th, 90th minute, um, you know, they get a goal. Evans fires into the net um, from a header. But once again, uh, he was offside. And, and I'm not sure. I, I think looking at the team, the way they were lining up for, for the free kick, once again, maybe they weren't quite ready enough. They weren't prepared enough. And I'm not sure if it was just you know, the absolute kind of way that, that Hassan has drilled them on set pieces to, to that, that caused Evans to be offside, or if we were just so bad at defending that we got lucky and got saved by VAR. But um, I don't care really at this point because we got the win. Um, but uh, no goal. VAR comes to our rescue again. So VAR has gone from, from zero to hero and back again, several times in this match for us. Uh, no goal for Evans. Uh, we make one more change, which is Romeo for Redmond. Uh, and we kind of just hold on. Uh, for for the next couple of minutes, where I think there was supposed to be five minutes of stoppage time, and we wind up playing closer to seven. Um, so thanks a lot to Lee Mason for that. But um, but at the end of the match, I thought we we deserved everything that we got from the match. And I don't know, I, I nothing really to complain about other than you know maybe we need to take all of the chances that we make, but that's not really how this works either. So yeah, I mean yeah, seven minutes felt like Arsenal all over again, and even when it went to two, I thought this has got that Arsenal feel back on it again but luckily it got ruled out and we were literally begging the referee to blow the whistle because the result was just going to be massive for us and you could tell by the end sorry at the end with these celebrations with the players Ralph with the fans and it was just such a good feeling to get it across the line so I was worried that knowing Saints that there, there is still that defensive edge where we like to make the odd mistake but we got through it and luckily we went home with another Deserved three points. Yeah, uh, I think one thing that I wanted to point out was, uh, I think with basically stoppage time almost done, um, most teams would have just sat kind of deeper and allowed the other team to come onto them. And we still had Ward Prowse um, and Adams um, pressing the other team in their own half. And I, th- I think when you when you see that, um, for me, that is that just shows kind of the mentality of the team. Now we're going to continue to um, do what we what 
the the game or play the game that we want to play and to see us pressing that late on with that much energy i think that that's what i want to see that's what you know that's what i'm here for that that makes i i don't think anybody's gonna complain about that um as a southampton fan i think all the away fans would have been um you know more than happy with how things wound up uh yesterday in the performance of the team and i think that you know the nine nil is not forgivable by any means but to, to see how far we have come from that team. You look at the way that team approached the game, the way that team allowed themselves to their heads to drop their shoulders to kind of slump and, and they just allowed those things to happen. Um, you look at the difference that, that the team is, uh, you look at the difference between the team between now and then. Um, uh, and the, the team is almost unrecognizable. Yeah. That's what, yeah. And the team has become, that's that, exactly that. They have become unrecognizable and, you, and it makes you think if we'd have started like this, I know, it's all well and good saying that all this now, but if we'd have started like this at the beginning of the season, it makes you think, where would we be now? Well, according I mean, to the form table, second place, but that's uh, what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. And we're now looking at, I think the table says we're six, I, I could be wrong again. So please quote me if I'm wrong, but we're like six points away from the European places at this point, are we? Uh, yeah. So if you look at where United are in, in, in fifth place, they have 34 points. We have, we have 28 uh, so we're six points off there. Um, meanwhile, Bournemouth, who are currently playing, uh, are on 20 points in 18th place. So eight points off there. So closer to uh, Thursday night football than we are to uh, you know a longer season in the championship. Um, so I think that is that is something that that we deserve. And if you look at the way the team's playing right now, I think you would say they deserve. We deserve to 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 we deserve our spot on the table right now. And if we continue to play like we are the results will continue to come. We will eventually have a VAR decision that goes against us, that costs us. Uh, we will eventually drop some points, but this, uh, this way that we are playing, I don't think it's really hard because for me, uh, you know, I had messages uh, from some people who uh, support other teams on, on Instagram and stuff that, that follow the podcast or whatever. And they were kind of saying, man, you guys are on a real roll. You know, how's the podcast going? And I was like, honestly, it's, it's different because we've been pretty garbage for the last three years. Um, in terms of I've had a lot to complain about. I've had a lot of uh, mistakes to analyze, and that makes the show easier to talk about, even if it's depressing. Um, it makes it easier to talk about. But when everybody's just playing really well, it's like, well, you know, what do we, what do we point out? Like, how, how do we say, how, how many different times can we say, Ralph's doing a really great job, Danny Ings scores goals, you know, McCarthy's coming up with big saves, and ever, all the other players, James Ward-Prowse is running a lot, and all the other players are just doing the jobs they're supposed to do. Like, I've done the podcast now and we can, I can just put it on repeat for, for several of the, of the last few weeks. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean. And this is, the, this is the moment. So I, cause I spoke to a friend about the game yesterday. And these are the moments that fans need to enjoy. Cause we've gone through such a, well, not just this season, the last few seasons, we've had a bit of a crap. So I use the word crap, <laughs> crap uh, few seasons. And th- these moments like these, when we see, the wins that we're pulling off again brings back like that Cumin feel, like when we were beating the bigger teams, we were getting the results, we had the style of play. It all feels like it's all coming back to a full circle again. I, mean, I don't want to get too overexcited just in case we have a major meltdown and we go flying down the table. Or that won't happen, but it could. But it's not. It's like we're starting to see Southampton for what all fans used to associate us with: pressing football, enjoyable football. A manager that loved loved what he was doing, players that were working together. It's, it all seems to be like we're back in a 
I'll use the word happy place. That's where it seems like we're back at, and it would just be nice now. Not not even we get. I mean, Europe. Everyone will say about it, but even if we just finish the season really solidly and ever, and then look back at the end of the, uh, uh, when we play Sheffield United in the last game of the season and go relegation, relegation. What was that? Do you know what I mean? That's what yeah. we want to do at the end of the year. Uh, sorry, end of the season. Yeah, I mean, we could essentially be playing Sheffield United for. Um, a spot in Europe at the end of the season, which would be uh, you know, something impressive, even though uh, hats off to them for, for the, the performances that they've put in this season, because they've been uh, a lot of fun to watch and something brand new. Um, but um, if it comes down to that, I want to beat them. Um, so, um, you know, we have some questions that we, we should take a look at here. And they came in from Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I forgot to ask the patrons, which is like one of the things I can't ever not supposed to do. Um, sorry, uh, I'll make it up to you somehow. I'm not sure how that'll work, but I will. Um, so I get you have a you also have access to the questions. So so take a look through there. Uh, we'll go through and answer some of these. Uh, we don't have to answer all of them because there are quite a few. Um, but we'll go to to Twitter first. Um, and and we're in the January window. We're almost halfway through. Ralph has mentioned that we are in the market for fullbacks, that those are kind of the priorities right now. Uh, we talked about the, the strength and the attacking kind of areas of the pitch where we seem to have these, these, these different attackers who can do slightly different things, who all slot into the system uh, and, and work together. But um, we haven't yet. Uh, we, we don't seem like we're in the market to, to maybe make a move there. Um, but, uh, from St. Kevin, who is at Moscow Mesh, who is one of the guys from um, the In That Number podcast, he says, with the team playing like this, do we really need anyone in January? So uh, in your opinion, do we still need to, to, to add to the squad or are we, are we okay in, in kind of where we're at now? Um, well, I think it'd be naive to say, let's leave it as we are. I still think cover is needed, I think. But, um, and it probably, in fact, makes it easier for players to join because if they'd have... If we'd have been where we were two months ago, I think it'd have been hard for us to get a right back or a left back, whatever we're going to aim for this month. So it actually probably makes it easier job for Ralph and the board to go right. We've got these targets. Who can we get in? And I still think it'd be good if we could have because obviously Bertrand and Cedric both need rests, and we need them to have competition. I mean, Bertrand hasn't had proper competition now since Target left. I mean, Vokins. I think it's a good left back, but he still needs work. Valerie's obviously out until I don't know. I think Ralph said he's out for a little while, so that's a problem. So it's obviously just Cedric on his own. And if Cedric gets injury, you'd probably see Kevin Dancer at right back, which I mean, he's that, that's not his position, but he's the one that has been covering that position, or they've been putting Prousey there or Pierre there. So I still think we need to make it make a case to get someone there just to have that cover. Well, yeah, and th- and this goes on to uh, to kind of address one of the questions that Dan Fox uh, has put to us. Um, he's at BFGFOX on Twitter. Um, and, and I think that the, the cover is necessary, especially given that Cedric is going to leave. I mean, Cedric at this point, I think because his contract is up uh, at the end of the season, he can now talk with other, other teams and kind of make a pre-agreement uh, for, for moving on in the summer. And he's made it very clear that he's looking to, to go elsewhere. And um, we all gave him a, a you know, he was playing very, very poorly uh, around that time, and we all kind of got on him about it. And to his credit, he is he has played very, very well uh, the past few matches. He's gotten forward. Um, he he still has a defensive lapse every now and then, but 
I don't think you can complain about his performances recently. And uh, so, so credit to him, but uh, we still are going to have to have a, a, a fullback there because if he leaves, then you have the youth team or you have, or you have Valerie and, and I wouldn't mind seeing Valerie play, but um, I think you also still have to have that cover and Bertrand the same way. Bertrand um, we've seen him get a red card this season. We've seen him come up with injuries in the past. Uh, we need um, someone to be able to come in and play that position that can play that position as an attacking fullback. Um, not necessarily sacrificing a midfielder because if you if you move Hoiberg to left back, um, you have to slot Romeu into midfield, and that changes the dynamic of the team because Romeu takes a little bit longer on the ball. He's not quite as quick. Um, he can pass the ball, but he doesn't make kind of the incisive passes. He doesn't make the forward runs, and so I think the team relies on that kind of midfield pivot of of Ward Prowse and Hoiberg so much that you, know, you have to have cover on the fullback areas because you can't sacrifice them uh, for as cover. Uh, in those areas. So definitely need to to still look for, to bring somebody in in January, even if it's just on loan, but we're going to have to have a long-term solution there eventually. Um, and, and maybe that leads to us having to sell some of these players, but let's get to some questions from, from Dan Fox here. He says, do we have enough threat up front if Ings gets injured? Um, why are we finding it difficult to sell our high wage players that are out on loan? Should we keep Cedric after some decent performances? We answered that already. Uh, and would you be disappointed if Ings was called up for England? Um, he says, personally, I would be delighted to see J- James Ward Prowse, Redmond, or Stevens called up, but Ings, I would like to be rested when he's not playing for our club. So uh, a lot of questions there. We don't necessarily have to go um, into detail on all of them, but uh, for Ings, let's let's focus on on him because he's scored you know more than half of our goals this season in the Premier League. He's been just just so great for us this this year. He's had injury problems in the past, but do we have enough threat up front if uh, he indeed uh, does get injured? Well, the stats say no, because obviously he scored 50% of our goals, so you'd say no, the, the struggle would be there. Um, we have got options behind him, but however, we, obviously the, we've got Opafemi who scored against Chelsea. Uh, Adams, as I've mentioned before, hasn't yet scored. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this, I mean, if things was injured, we would be in a bit of trouble, and and everyone has been nervous of this, but it seems to me as the injury problems that he has suffered before are hopefully, and I'm going to touch wood here, are put behind him because we need him fit. And without him, we'd be in trouble. No shadow doubt about it. So I would probably say, no, we haven't got enough threat because of the fact of Obafemi and Adams have, don't score. Obviously, I said Obafemi's got a goal, but they, they won't score as much as Ings does or has that same impact that Ings does in games. Yeah, I think Ings has been the goal scorer for us obviously. I think I think Ings has been the focal point of the attack for us for the majority of the season and if you look at the way the system is set up and um he scored plenty of goals early on in the season but in recent uh matches um in recent weeks on this run he has been kind of the focal point. He's played alongside somebody who else who's you know we we've criticized sometimes for not scoring goals. I think one of my comments was um, we just changed out a striker uh, that doesn't score goals for another striker that doesn't score goals. Um, but the things that Long and Adams are doing for the team uh, when they're playing along sidings means that the, the chances are designed to fall to him, right? Like he is the guy that's going to be in the box um, looking to latch onto the through balls or looking to, uh, you know, he's the last guy pressing. So he's going to kind of, if the other teams make a mistake, that's who we want the ball to fall to. So 
Um, I think sometimes the system is designed to to have Danny Ings score goals. And if we need to put somebody else up there, um, we saw Obafemi was able to score against Chelsea. Um, I still think, though, that that there is some sort of worry um, if, if Ings were to get injured. Like, would we be okay? And I, the, the truth is, I don't know. Um, Redmond has struggled uh, to, to score goals and to really get off the mark. And whether that's the system uh, or whether that's just um, him kind of regressing from where he was, uh, last season, I'm not sure. I don't have all those answers, but I do. I do worry uh, a, a little bit. But um, I guess for you, would you want to see Ings get called up for England? Because that's another part of Dan's question. And, and I think that that you goes. I think this goes back to the injury concerns. Is um, I, I would say that that Ings has put in a lot of work um, this this off season and in past off seasons, and even over the Christmas period, he was still. Um, going through some sessions with Alex Parsons, who is uh, his personal trainer. Um, shout out to him. He's underscore Alex Parsons underscore on, on, on Instagram. You get to see a lot of Danny Ings uh, working out and, and doing some of the things that he's doing. And so it's been interesting to follow him because he even had him working through certain things over the Christmas period, trying to keep his body in shape and, and keep him ready to go. And I think that uh, has shown how well he has come back to, just to come back from the injuries he's had uh, is, is have it means a lot for him to be able to to do that and stay fit. So um, would you want to see Ings called up for England or would you rather him just win the Ballon d'Or and then stay and just play for us? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, Ballon d'Or all the way. No, um, uh, for uh, Ings, see, there's a two-part to this. There's the Saints fan greediness. There's England ambitions. And unfortunately, I've got to take away the greediness and go to the ambitions because England have been looking. I'm not saying Ings is going to win us the well, maybe I am, but um, <laughs> Kane's out, right? Kane's injured, so that yeah, Kane is yeah, there is so a, there's the moment, a, there's an opening. Yeah, and at the moment, you look at the squad. Um, the forward line is at the moment, obviously, like you said, Kane, uh, Abraham, Rashford. Rashford, Wilson, who. Yeah, I'll get into that. But no, so really, he needs, he should be called up. I mean, there's, it'd be odd if he wasn't. Um, Would I want him to play? Probably not. But then Ings has got, I've watched, I've watched, sorry, there was an interview of Ings in the Telegraph and he's got England ambitions. And I think that Ings needs to be called up. And I think he could give England something different. Yes, you worry about his injuries as a fan. You do, because you think Ings, if he got injured for us on England duty, Saints fans would be gutted, I'd be gutted. But sadly, when it comes to international football, Ings would love to play. And you can't hold someone back from that. You get what I mean? You can't hold him from raising his potential. And as you said, Kane's out injured. So they are going to look at someone and think, well, if Kane's not, who have we got? And he could make that. And if Ings carries on scoring, he could be on the plane uh, to the Euros. So... As a fan, yeah, I'd be worried about him. But then there's an England fan, because I'm also an England fan too. I'd be excited because we've got someone I know who can score goals. Right, right. And and obviously Vardy is leading the way in terms of, of goal scoring. And Ings, had he taken all the chances he had yesterday, could have been, uh, I think, level with him or maybe gone ahead of him. Um, but, you know, that makes Ings, uh, Vardy's retired from international football. Um, Kane is out. And, and Ings is the second highest scoring uh, person in the league so uh, all of a sudden you look if he is not taken um by gary southgate at this point you would start to wonder uh exactly uh what what the deal is you know what does he have to do to get into the team if if 
I mean, he's doing it right. He's scoring all of the goals. Kane, the the kind of leader of the line for England, is is out. So um, if he doesn't get in now, it's it's simply down to Southgate's not going to select him. Maybe he doesn't fit the system or whatever it is. But I think Ings has has done everything he can do. And, and I know you can't fault him for for wanting to play for his country. I think that's why um, it, that that's a dream that a lot of, of footballers have. And uh, for him to be able to realize that, I think he only has one cap for him to be able to realize that and, and, and kind of get another cap and, and maybe play consistently for uh, England, especially with the Euros coming up, I think would be, uh, would be fantastic for him. Would it be great for us? Uh, I'm not so sure, but he's proven us wrong in terms of his injuries and things like that right now. I, I was not sure he was going to be able to hold up over the holiday period, uh, but he did all of that. So I can't, can't be upset. So, um, Real quick, do you see any other questions via Twitter that you would like to ask or anything on Instagram? Well, uh, there's one person who's asked me, he said that he'd like to mention because he's got one of the best Twitter handles. So I'm going to give him what he wants. Um, at James Lord Prowse. Um, I, hope you're, I hope you do listen to this, by the way. So you said to me to do this for you. So you know you are Rob. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's asked. And I think you'll probably get this question, Matt, so I'll probably ask you this. He said, I, uh, well, I think that says a bit of a rip take, but I'll still read out anyway. He said, I'm a head teacher at a school. What leaders, leader, leadership qualities do I need? Hashtag fan forum. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm, a, I'm just a teacher, not a head teacher. I, I, so I, I, here's a question for you. What's a head teacher? What's the difference between a teacher and a head teacher? Uh, well, a teacher's the... It's just someone like like teaches lessons, and the head teacher is the the boss, like the principal. Yeah, pr- pr- yeah, pr- yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, well, our principal was just fired, so I can tell you some of the things you don't need. Uh, you, if you don't answer emails, you don't uh, take care of paperwork, you don't, um, you know, have some sort of a coherent plan for where the school or the organization should be going. Um, you sexually harass people. You do other things like all of these things will get you fired, which is, is some of the things that we have uh, uh, uncovered recently um, at the school I go. So don't do those things. I think if you do, if you avoid those things, maybe you have a plan. Um, maybe you um, respect people. Maybe you stay on top of, of the things that need to happen day to day and make sure that the, you know, the, the people underneath you are doing the things they should be doing. I think I think that's how you that's how you that's what you need to do. Um, if you don't do those things, then then go away. Sounds good to me. So I'm guessing you're not going to be a head teacher anytime soon. Then, no, no. Nope. Uh, you saw, you've seen the outline for this show. Uh, that's definitely not happening. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to be a head teacher either. So that's brilliant. And I don't think Rob is either. So there's there's three of us. That's all right. It's it's all good. Um, okay, so we we have a couple of other questions that we are are not going to address via Twitter. But thank you to everybody who who sent them in. So thanks to Blake Hampton. Thanks to Jim for sending those in. We're not going to quite get to those. William Porteous, who's at pirate underscore ST does say though, how long can we expect this run to last? And can we afford some pragmatic optimism? Taking a look at the schedule. uh, We have wolves at home, crystal palace away. uh, Then we have our fourth round FA cup tie. Then we have Liverpool, then Burnley, and Aston Villa, West Ham. So uh, a couple of, of tough tests in there, maybe. I think Wolves will be an interesting match. Uh, I think that um, you know Burnley always seemed to give us trouble for some reason. We have Liverpool in there. But some of the, the, the next kind of run of fixtures all of a sudden look winnable. And, and can are we allowed to, to really say, like, I think, I think we're going to go through this run and continue this form? Or 
is this the point where saints come back and, and maybe, um, I think, I think this is what will happen. If saints drop points over the next couple of matches, if they start to drop points against crystal palace, uh, against Burnley, against Aston Villa and, and, and Norwich, I think you will say pe- people will say that we are regressing to the mean, like we are overperforming right now and we will drop back to where we actually belong. Whereas I think as Southampton fans, we are looking at the team and saying we were below par for so long. This is where we actually should be. Um, maybe we don't need to be second in the form table, but we should be um, pushing for top 10. We should be fighting to get uh, closer and closer to an, an upper mid table finish. Um, I think that is where we sh- we should be. And, and we've just been underperforming. I think if we, if we drop any points over the next couple of matches, people will say we are, we are, we are regressing to kind of where we should be, but what's your take on that? Well, I just think that, because of how long fans have been like reading the timeline every week and all the, and people have been feeling disappointed. I think it's good to have a bit of optimism. Yes. Okay. That's not, I mean, it's, it's, everyone starts saying about Europe. I mean, it's just some people joke and some people are probably really serious, but for me, it's just got to be just take each game as it comes. I mean, I look at walls next weekend and I generally think another good performance. We can win that. Then you're looking at, Another push up the table. Okay, then we've got other games coming. We then we have Palace away. I mean, Palace is always a up up and down game. We played them recently. Drew one all at home. Wasn't our best game. Um, we've uh, we've had success there before. And then like you've mentioned, obviously we had we've got some other games coming up. And then we've got a chance to go to Liverpool and end their unbeaten run. Which for me. I mean, can it be done? Who knows? Would I like to be the team that done it? Would love to. Would I love to see Ings be the one that ended it? Brilliant. But- yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just interrupt there because I think for for us this season to kind of put the nine nil to bed a little bit to, to to get the revenge that I think we deserve for that um, at Leicester yesterday, and then if we were to go and end Liverpool's kind of unbeaten season because. Um, I mean, Arsenal right now, the only team that have ever gone unbeaten over a full Premier League season. Um, if we can stop that, if we can be the people to do that, I know uh, Danny Ings fan page will not appreciate this, um, but if if we can do that, that would make, I think, my season uh, to, to see the team to play, play the way they have been recently um, to, to get some to get three points at Leicester and then to to, to do that. I think that would make the season for me. Um, and, and then, you, you know, you add other things, maybe. Maybe Ings gets a call up and all these other things that would just kind of, uh, you know, a- add to it a little bit. But if we could do that, that would be uh, fantastic. I think that would make me um, very, very happy. But um, OK, uh, we I should say that underscore Ned dot Kelly from Instagram uh, sent in a question that says, do you see us continuing this form and and grinding out results in the season? I think we kind of answered that there. Uh, so thanks to everybody who sent in those questions. Um, the ugly inside has asked us if Saints were a film or had to be a film, what film would it be? I would just say that it's every romantic comedy ever because it started pretty poorly uh, and is, is getting better. Uh, maybe there will be a little bit of, of twist in, in the story and the plot line before we get to the end, but I think it will end positively uh, and we'll all go home with a smile at the end of the season. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with that. Yeah, I, I think it, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I can't think of any other film. I mean, it's such an up and down, we're such an up and down club and I don't think we would... Uh, change it for the world to be honest would we <laughs> yeah, and honestly i haven't I, I don't watch enough movies to be able to give you a specific no. title so uh sorry sorry freddie um uh, not not i'm failing you there but um 
Jay, I just want to say thank you again. Um, I didn't say it uh, when I was talking to you, and I will have said it in the intro uh, as I go back and do this. But this episode marks year four. This is this is 157 episodes, so three straight years of of having done the show each week. Um, this this is the start of year four, and I can say that this is. I, I went back and listened to to a few moments of episode one. Um, it, last week and, and just to to see kind of what what it was like and it, it wasn't all that different from a lot of the episodes we had in between where it there were um there were problems in defense there were problems scoring goals we could not keep clean sheets we were um kind of identifying those problems and i think this is this is the the, the really the first time in a long time that we've had a kind of a sustained period of, of optimism uh around the team and um, I, I just want to say to you, to uh, it's a pleasure to be able to to start year four of the show um, with you. Um, it's a pleasure to be able to uh, to, to partner with you, and to uh, it's it's a fantastic kind of thing that we get to see the team play the way we we're, we're playing right now. Um, and uh, I just want to say thanks for for everything, and uh, thanks for coming on the show today. And I hope that we can continue to to run uh, or play games the way we're playing, and uh, enjoy the football the way we are. Yeah, no, we are add to that, and it's brilliant being a partner. I mean, when I had the opportunity to get you as a partner, I thought I had to be done. And and like I said, it's just yeah, no, I enjoy it. I enjoy obviously the edits you make for us. We enjoy like shouting like uh, whenever a podcast, whether it's me on it or someone else, we like to always get involved with that. And uh, yeah, and it's it's just all fun and. It's all really fun. It's something decent to do, and people enjoy it. And it makes. I mean, our fan. Oh, sorry, our page grows. Your page has grown, I think. And I think probably the more episodes you've done. I mean, I'm speaking on, on behalf of myself here, but I think you probably learn more about yourself, and probably makes your episodes more better going on in the future. Yeah, I'd I'd say that the the, the show has definitely grown and changed a little bit uh, over the over the seasons, and. I would say that sometimes they are better. Sometimes they are worse. There are some weeks where, um, you know, there, there have been plenty of weeks in, in, in there where, where the results are, or other things in life have not made it. Um, you know, you, you maybe you don't want to put the effort in, you don't want to go through and, and edit the show, but you sit down and do it anyway. Um, but I would say that 99% of the time it is something that I, I look forward to. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's an escape for me in, in terms of, you know, I do have real life that things I have to, I have to do, uh, but to be able to sit down and focus on this and, um, and talk about the team and, and just have an excuse to, to keep in touch with people like you, to keep in touch with everything that's going on with the team, I think is, is, is something I truly enjoy. So, um, thank you to you. Uh, thank you to everybody who, who's listened over the, over the, the course of the last couple of seasons. Uh, and, uh, you know, we look forward to doing it again. Um, if people want to follow you, uh, on Twitter or Instagram, they can do that at the Southampton page or sorry, sorry, just at Southampton page. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do this again. Yeah, we will do. And I, and I just wanted to do a quick shout out to people. Like, so I know there's a few people. That, am I allowed to do them? Am I allowed to do yeah, this go, or not? Go for it. Yeah. I'll, I just want to shout out a few people, uh, obviously Carl Anker for being an absolute, the one of the best journalists ever, because he's just like so funny and. Some of the tweets he's done is great. And there's one more I was going to do. It was for a friend of mine called Will. You might have seen him. He's, he's called um, something. He's got sightings, but he wanted a shout as well. And he, yeah. And Oh, and the last thing I was going to end with is if you haven't done the Ings with Ballon d'Or hashtag yet, please make sure you do and try and get it trending again towards the end of the season. And maybe we might see him beat 
Messi and Ronaldo to the award and Van Dyke to the award. So yeah. All right. All right. That sounds good. Um, uh, thanks so much, Jay. We will, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Episode 157, the start of year four, is done. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening and supporting the show over the past three years, or maybe it's just been the past week, or maybe you've just listened and gone, I'm never listening again. That's also fine. I would rather you find something that makes you happy than for you to listen to uh, you know a podcast you don't enjoy. There are plenty of Southampton podcasts out there. Um, even if you send me awful hate mail, I will actually send you the links to those um, because I think that they are also good and you should listen to them if they make you happy. But enough of that. Thanks to Jay. You can find him and the rest of the guys at the Southampton page at Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, follow along for all your Southampton FC news and needs. They will keep you up to date with everything between the podcast and the newsletter. They're there every single day uh, doing that hard work um, that, that you can enjoy. If you want to follow this show on Twitter and Instagram, you can do that at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. And you can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts. There are links at SouthamptonDelivery.com, which is the official show website. Uh, You should go there. You should use it. Uh, We pay for it. Um, So, you know, make good use of it. I do want to take a second to say that the patrons of the show help make this thing all possible uh, as we go on to year four that's four years of hosting the podcast buying equipment for the podcast and everything else I just want to say thank you to those guys if you would like to do that get access to extra episodes uh, have priority for having your questions answered on the show get to join the private chat where I usually respond kind of fast sometimes um, that's intentionally vague um, you can do that by visiting patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery uh, there are links to that once again on the website at southhamptondelivery.com. Our logo is designed by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Um, And all music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games and the end of show credits that's probably ending right now is Amos True by Pottington Bear. Uh, Thank you for joining me on this journey. I really do appreciate it. I would not have thought that a guy from California starting a podcast about a team in England uh, would be here after four years doing this. But thank you. It, it's it's down to, to everything that everybody has done. Uh, and I really do appreciate that. So uh, let's go. We'll talk to you next week. We'll be back. Um, actually, I don't know what next week's going to hold, but it's definitely going to have us doing a podcast about Southampton and whatever happens at Wolves and in the transfer market. Uh, hopefully it's good. So. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember that together, we march on. What that? Oh, hold on. Before you do, what the hell's on the backpack? What's behind your head to your left? This. Yes. That is. I thought. Do you know what? I don't actually know. Does it have buttons on it? It has buttons on it.